Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 59. It is the very last day of September 2020. And of course, 2020 got its groove back a little bit this week. So there, this headline, I'm going to read you from Lake Jackson, Texas, um, because the water supply in that part of the state has, get this, brain-eating amoeba. Uh, so if you had brain-eating amoeba on your 2020 bingo card, congrats, you can come up and claim your prize um, you know, which for 2020, if there was actually such a thing as a 2020 bingo, I can only assume that the winner would get like a pet alligator or venomous duck or something along those lines. I, I don't know what it would be, but uh, 2020, nice work getting your groove back this week. Um, we're not even going to talk about the presidential debates. Uh, let's not do that at all. But I did make a huge decision this week. I stopped drinking Diet Cokes this week. Uh, You heard that right. Um, For those of you that know me, you know that I like to put a few drops of Diet Coke into my Crown Royal when it's uh, time to relax. But I made a 180 this week. I took a stand. I said if the cocaine syrup dudes can't honor their commitments, then it might be time for me to find another mixer. So I did. Um, I hopped on the Diet Pepsi train this week. Uh, so take that, you Coke Zeros. Not honoring your contracts has consequences. So, so I'm sure that the syrup salesman in corporate will uh, be very upset. They'll never know what hit them. Anyway, I vote with my wallet, so there you have it. So uh, anyway, we have lots to cover for you this week. It's a It's a got a great episode actually we have three great guests for you today we've got jeff brooks he's a standout top sportsman racer in the in the beam segment sean brady the head man in charge over at the midwest top sportsman series joins us and then we've got an extra surprise guest visitor i cannot wait to have on um so it's exciting show is really what it is i can't wait so let's get to it get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show make your commute clean the shop work on that old heap but metaphorically speaking get your helmet on get strapped in because here we go all right let's make a pass let's put them get them hot let's put this thing in the water box and as you guys typically know this is where i go on a little rant and i just i've kind of had it with myself this year in terms of doing that there's actually some really great stuff that happened this week and so I was going to tell the story, but I I just brought on the man himself. Um, So if you have not listened to episode number 17, if you're a new listener to the show, stop right now. Go back. Listen to episode number 17 because on with us now is J.B. Strasweg. Um, and he's going to talk a little bit about what happened was maybe the greatest story of all of racing this weekend. Um, And uh, so, first of all, welcome to the show, J.B., or welcome back, J.B., Thanks, Rex. It's always good to be on with you. Well, I appreciate you doing this because I was going to tell a story, and then I just thought, you know what? Um, I may butcher this thing a little bit, so um, I don't want to do it. We've had a lot of issues this uh, issues, um, you know, action this year um, that not all of has been great for our sport, but this really, um, what happened 
in St. Louis um, over the weekend was just, I think, the epitome of what makes drag racing so, so great. And so make sure I didn't screw it up. I'm I'm just having you here, and you can be the uh, – tell us all the details, and it's great. So just, guys, girls, to set the story um, just a little bit. So uh, at current – standing jb is number five in the world in top dragster points he is battling for a world championship here also a divisional championship and um you know i'll just let you jb tell a little bit about um what all happened in st louis last weekend and and how this shook out to be really the highlight of our sport okay cool i'd, I'd, I'd love to it, it that absolutely is a a feel-good moment for me you know when you Whenever you leave for a race, and especially in a year that has been one where it seems like every every turn you get your legs kicked out from underneath you from scheduling or weather or whatever. You know, we, we left the house uh, a week ago yesterday. Actually, I'm sitting here in sunny St. Louis right now um, waiting on the next event. But we left the house, my wife and I did, with the opportunity to win four events. We were going to finish up the Bowling Green points race, uh-huh. which I was still still in it four cars. Then we were going to run two divisionals, which was last weekend, and then, of course, the national event this coming week. We left with arguably a really good race car, Um, and by Friday night, the wheels had completely come off that. (laughs) So what happened was is we, we qualified well on Thursday. We finished up the Thursday event, or the Bowling Green event, I should say. I I made it to the final. I'm running Mikey Coughlin, good friend of mine. My thumb slips off the button as I'm staging, and I can't properly recover from it. Mikey wins the event. So there's the down part. So I've lost 21 points. We are qualified well. I know I've got to do pretty decently in these two divisionals. I need to, fin- I need to be at, at a minimum semifinals in each one of them to have a shot at winning the division. First round, I've got um, Jeff Leibler, another good friend, we stage up, we leave. Jeff's always a tough opponent. And by 400 feet, the car just doesn't feel right. And I burn a piston. And, a, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I don't have my spare with me. It's still sitting at Oakley's shop. I'm done. This is it. There's no way in hell I'm going to have a, a, a shot at winning a division or even finishing in the top 10 in the world at this point. I'm just – I'm done. I've, I've already made – before the parachutes have blossomed and I've come around to turn on the end of the racetrack, I've already made plans on loading all this stuff up and, and at least concentrating on getting our daughter through the Super Cup round. What I didn't know was what was going on behind the scenes. Philip Oakley, also a top dragster competitor, still sitting in his car, gets a message – delivered to him from my partner in, in the dragsters for sale business, Martin McDonald, what's transpired. By the time he's made it to the end of the racetrack, he's already had his son and Tyler, who works at the shop with him, making arrangements to finish up putting the cylinder heads back on my spare motor and delivering it to me. <laughs> they, they, they simply weren't going to accept no for an answer. Philip was at my trailer before Top Dragster was over with and was leaving to go up and watch Top Sportsman telling me, if this motor doesn't make it here, you're going to just going to drive my car for the weekend. And Philip that, is also in a points battle. <laughs> so right, with, we with should 20, say that right. He's yeah. he's sitting 18th nationally, and he's number seven in the division. You're at number right. three. I mean, he by all accounts could have said, "Hey, listen, I've got my own, uh, you know, championship to chase." Uh, but what he said was, "No, no, you get in my car." You're, yeah, right. You're driving my car tomorrow, and I'm thinking to myself, "Really, this guy's in the." Same position now. Why did he do that? But whatever. So the motor shows up. We get it in the car. 
we fire it. Everything's fine. About midnight, we load everything up, and I just take a breath, and I'm looking around at, at uh, you know, I've got every tool out of the toolbox. The pit area is a complete disaster. You know, I mean, all this has got to be cleaned up, and I'm thinking, I can't believe we actually have a shot to do well. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we go out. We, we make a nice little baby pass, tune it up a little bit, but keep it safe, qualify pretty decently, but for the first time this year in the bottom half of the field with the 620-something, one or four, I can't even remember if you can believe that. That's how crazy this Amazing. class is getting anymore. Yeah, and, and do pretty decently, except we had a couple of snafus. First round, we're sitting under the tunnel, and i got to tell you about the real MVPs in all of this. I've got to run the Sakovich family. Yep. Great people. Probably the best display of sportsmanship I've ever seen in my life. I'm sitting under the tower. I go to start the car. Jimmy's got his blower car fired and is pulling through the water, and my starter won't engage. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? All of this to get to this point. Right. Before I know it, Tony and Jamie Elrod have got the body panel off the side of my car and are beating the starter and the flywheel along with the Mickey crew from – uh, who cruise the uh, Jags team yep. are there helping, and they have agreed. The Sakovichs have agreed to wait. Which Long thing? story short, we get put on a timer. We get the car started, get about half the Zeus panels back in the body panel, and I do the burnout stage, and I actually win the round. I couldn't. I, I was overcome with emotion at the end of the racetrack. I hugged Jimmy and I told him, "I am so sorry. I'm not a head games guy. I don't." Playhead games, I, I'm so sorry for holding you up. And they thanked me. They said, it's okay. You would have done the same for us. It, it's no problem. That's what, that's what we do in this sport. And, I mean, talk about being humbled. Right. Just, it's just amazing. But I managed to make it to, the, to four cars, and I had burned a transmission. The band up and the transmission wasn't aware of it when I staged the car, backed out of the lights. Rusty Baxter gets the, the win for that round where he breaks a throttle cable to the eventual winner, Al Peebler, who is, looks like he's going to have the division locked up. So congrats to Al. What a weekend. And, I mean, and at the end of it all, I had to stop and, and just think to myself, all of these people, my friends, competitors, they, what they did was so above board and just beyond to me. I, I was just completely overwhelmed by the whole thing. I mean, just consumed with it. It's just amazing that well, they have the- such – and to complete the whole loop, uh, you know, Al Pivler is is sitting seventh nationally. He's number one right now in Division Three after that win. But That's right. you loaned him a part to to <laughs> complete his run, right? I did. I forgot about that. That thanks for reminding me. So Al was one of the four finalists left from the divisional race uh, on the other side of the ladder. So he and I could have had a potential matchup in the final. And right after qualifying. And before they called us up to run the fourth round of that event, Al comes zipping up to the trailer, and I said, "What do you need? You need a, you need a rotor button, don't you?" Because Al's had a, had been struggling with breaking rotor buttons for uh, some unknown reason this year, and he said, "Please, do you have one?" "Yes, here." And I, I t- tossed it out of the trailer and handed it to him, and my wife looked at him and said. We're going to need that back next round if we got to meet each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he laughed and, and went on his way, put the rotor button on. And unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't make it through that round. We didn't get a chance to meet in the next round. But, but nonetheless, that's just that's what everybody in this class does for one another. And that's what I love about this sport is you can be having the worst day, 
and somebody is right there to pick you up and say, nope, not happening today. Wipe that off your face. We got a race to run. Right. Well, and and that's why I think this is so, it, it's just so different in drag racing. Like, and I don't know about circle track and all that stuff, but I know for a fact that if you're golfing with somebody and you can't putt, nobody gives you their putter. It says here, use this to oh, try to beat me. Right? I mean, that's not what happens, right? But in drag racing, all the time you hear that, like, hey, um, I'm going to run you next round, or like Jimmy Sakovich did, like he said, hey, no, no. Take take your time. I'm I'm not here to time you out. I want to run mm-hmm. you fair and square, and it happens all the time. And legitimately, this is the type of stuff that should be on ESPN every night, not the garbage right. they throw up there. Um, and so it it just was important for me to have this story right. And it, I'm sure it happens in other. I mean, I know it does happen in other divisions. Division three isn't uh, special, but it just when you talk about the guys that were involved in this uh, this action, it just was really really impressive. And uh, you know, just uh, something I couldn't let go without really highlighting. Well, I'm glad you did, and thanks for letting me come on and talk about it. No, nope, uh, appreciate you, JB. Um, hey, go get them this weekend in St. Louis. It's looks very cool and uh looks like it could be a lot of fun uh trying actually to stay above that 610 number if we get both our qualifying shots yeah it's going to be a bloodbath if you could you unfortunately you're not going to see a record bump because uh you know the end of the season sometimes you you lose cars to points chases and 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 attrition parts attrition and and we only have 26 but you got we have 26 ridiculously fast cars and we're going to have the conditions to to really really wick it up if we want and uh, lord knows i'm going to <laughs> of course <laughs> of course uh jb appreciate you brother um and uh yeah go get them this weekend uh but yeah man that is that is exactly what we do racers help racers i mean um man it's the great great stuff All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. On with us now from Fredericksburg, Virginia. He's a multi-time national event winner. He's a nine-time top sportsman divisional event winner. He was your 2017 Division I NHRA top sportsman champ, and he is currently tied for number nine in the world in top sportsman. Welcome to the show, Jeff Brooks. Jeff, how are you today? Doing good, doing good. I'm actually uh, sitting in the motorhome at uh, Virginia Motorsports Park, uh, getting ready to run a race tomorrow down here. So, got a double down division race for D1. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, that, and uh, you're at the track, so life is good, right? Life is good. I mean, we were at the track on Monday racing in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, and uh, due to the weather, had a little mishap there in the second round, and uh now we're here. Got to do a little work on the car to get ready for tomorrow. Okay. Nothing major stuff you can handle? Well, I had something. I actually uh, blew a master cylinder up in the burnout box, so uh, I had no brakes. And uh, you're sitting there, and you're going, well, what if I could make this run or not? And then I'm like, the, the, the common sense kind of takes over, and you say, no, nah, I don't think I'll make the run, but I went up there and stage it just to see if I could uh, – mess the other guy up and get sure. a free run but uh didn't happen <laughs> gotcha well uh that's racing nice work making the smart decision on that one yep yep <laughs> if i was back in my 20s i might have tried it but not not these days <laughs> man no doubt right <laughs> well let's let's go back in your 20s a little bit uh or at least in that uh time frame talk about um 
you know, like um, how you got started in racing in in general. Well, mine was a mine was a crazy story. My um, my dad drag raced back in the sixties. He did drag race from nineteen fifty probably eight to nineteen seventy two, and then he quit cold turkey. I mean, sold everything and got out of it, and and uh, didn't uh, go to any drag races. And then when we were teenagers, we you know we would still follow the sport and stuff. But uh, after I got out of school, got out of high school, my brother Jamie, um, who was actually my crew chief, and he's my twin brother, he was going to a, a mechanic school down in uh, Virginia Beach, and he met a guy um, named Wes Weaver, who uh, whose dad was Burnt Weaver, who currently does my transmissions and everything. And they were talking drag racing, and Jamie called me up one day and said, "Hey, let's build a." Let's build a race car. I said, okay. <laughs> and uh, let's build a Henry J like Dad had in the 60s. I said, okay. Oh, wow. And uh, we uh, found old Henry J, and, and, and we built this thing. And, and um, uh, Bernard Weaver did the chassis for us. And we literally, I mean, to be honest, we had no idea what we were doing. We, we said, hey, let's go fast. That was all it was. You know, <laughs> put the fastest motor in it. And, Vernon would tell us, I don't know what y'all going to do with this thing. You know, you probably want to run super gas or super comp. You know, it's not like the 60s and stuff. But uh, after some learning and stuff and, and a crash, we ended up having to rebuild it once. And then we um, entered in uh, super, started running in super gas and uh, had a lot of success uh, with it in, uh, in super gas. And, and the rest is kind of history. Uh, we've been uh, running uh, Henry J's uh, ever since uh, we started racing. And uh, the only other thing I've driven besides a, a Henry J is a, a dragster. You know, I drove, drove a rail, and um, the new top sportsman car is, is is you know a replica of a Henry J. It's nothing like the the original one that we had. Right. I was gonna say you you say that drive that old Henry J, and I mean I look at it, and I go that does not do that piece <laughs> of justice at all. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that that car you drive because it is cool, stacked on cool. So we we uh, I have to go back a little bit. That original Henry J was um, you know again an original Henry J steel body and uh, and back in uh, we started running in 1991 92 and then uh, in 1995 uh, Kaiser Compressors, who's our major sponsor, who's been with us 25 years, uh, they came on board and we um, in 2007. Uh, put a deal together to build what we call the, uh, I have to coin the phrase that uh, Mr. Mueller, who's the president of Kaiser at the time called the uh, super Henry J. So (laughs) it was uh, a, uh, Hey, we want to build this top sportsman car. It was just a concept. And uh, he's like, let's do it. And we would go to the deal was we need to debut it at the PRI show that year. So we had a whole year to the next December and I had to put together a ton of, uh, uh, of, of folks to try to come up with a design. And uh, you know, a gentleman by the name of Bruce DeVoe helped us with the design. Terry Hall did the body and, and, and some of the design work. And then Dan Page uh, built the chassis. And it was a project that I um, was very, very nervous about because I didn't know all these folks. I had just met them, and uh, it went flawlessly. And uh, the original motor we had, and it was a 706 Sunny Leonard motor, uh, and now we run a 762 Hemi in it. But okay. uh, it's a, it's been a uh, it was a learning. Uh, the, the very first year, I tell everybody this story. I uh, 
I was in Bud's Creek, Maryland racing it, you know, and I'd you know, been racing for years and everything you kind of knew from super gas and super comp and, and all those classes um, is a little bit different. You got the top sportsman. And I, uh, I woke up on a stretcher one time in a hospital, didn't know what happened. <laughs> That's oh what I learned. <laughs> that, oh boy. Uh, those cars go real fast, and uh, you, you need to have some brains more than you do uh, guts to uh, get them down the track. And it was 100% my fault. I actually um, went into tire shake and thought I could drive through it and ended up smacking the wall and getting knocked unconscious. But uh, that was my first learning uh, <laughs> the first year with the car. Didn't hurt it too bad and got it fixed and uh, been very successful ever since. Yeah, There's no doubt about that. I mean, uh yeah, that all this stuff, right? You, it seems pretty simple, right? Just let go of the button and go straight. And um, there's a lot of details that get in the way of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, I mean, when you look at what we have to do with um, these cars, I mean, the, it, it, it's pretty amazing to me. I mean, I, I remember the days when you would say, "Wow, I like to go in the." And the sevens. I mean, even when you were following the professional classes, to hear somebody at the sixes was 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 a rarity. And I've been six thirty two, two hundred twenty miles an hour in this car, and we get them to repeat over and over again, which is it blows my mind. I mean, what we right. can do from a, a technology standpoint. Um, we run big stuff, fuel injection. Um, that's probably the biggest change that I made in the last probably eight years that really helped us um, get a handle on the tune-ups with these cars. But to think about, you know, you go out there and you dial a, a 650 on a car, uh, just like the other week we were at, at, up at Indy, you know, and you, and, and you go down there and you, and you run, you know, you lose by, you know, three thousandths of a second. Right. You, put together, you put together a package of, you know, you know, a double on a tree and, and, and with an eight on your dial. And it's just amazing. That, that amazes me more than anything that at these speeds to watch um, top dragster and top sportsman is, is phenomenal. I mean, six ten. think about that. Half the field at uh, Indy was dialing six ten and, and top dragster. It's phenomenal, <laughs> you know, and yeah. to, like you said, to run, you know, uh, the packages that you do in what a lot of people would call the shutdown area. On, on a weekly yeah. basis, right? I mean, yeah. it's just uh, it's it's kind of amazing from uh, from that standpoint. Um, I, did, I want to go back to your car just a little bit. So um, you said you run the big stuff, and it's uh, Hemi now. Do you spray it at all, or do you have to spray? Yes, it? I, I actually have. Um, I have three systems on my car. I uh, I run two small systems most of the time. I never use the third one. Um, I've usually run two small systems um, on the car. And when I say I never use a third one, that third one is for me. That's if I need to uh, uh, get by somebody going down track. So that's my gotcha. that's a button that I have on the steering wheel that I use. Um, sometimes I'll hit it and I'll pass the guy and I'll have to lift because I hit it because I didn't feel right. <laughs> sometimes uh, uh, it, it works out for me. But I've literally, um, I mean, I've won uh, – Two, three national events, and I think every round and every one of them, except for one, I, I was hitting the button or, or, or doing something different to, to to make sure that I was uh, had everything covered. Yeah, that that was going to be my next question because I don't trust myself not to be hitting that button every chance I could. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it's, it, it, and you get a look, I mean, you got to think when you, the more you drive these things, you get more comfortable in them. And I think, I, I never forget a long time ago, a good friend of mine that used to run at Supergas, they had a, it was two guys owned these cars, this guy named Sonny, uh, uh, was it Sonny Little, and, and, and it was his name. And he told me back then, it was back in the 90s, he said, you're going to know when you got these things figured out when everything slows down. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't think it'll ever slow down to me. I mean, we were, back in the super gas days, we were trying to, you know, you're slowing cars down, trying to run 160, 170 miles an hour to run a 990, right. which is crazy. But I, I, I understand that now. I mean, I um, I had a, a system the other week that didn't cut on. We had a short in a timer base, and I thought I went through it 215 or 216, and I went through it 207. I didn't know any difference. So, I mean, I could... I could literally tell, and then when I'm down there approaching someone and stuff, everything is slowed down so much over the last probably five or six years. Uh, it's hard to believe. I still can't, you know, I'm not going to BS you. I can't see a thousandth of a second. You know, when you go through there and it's three or four thousandths, and you say, hey, man, he took the strike and took three thousand. That's just luck. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but I can see 10 or 15, I mean, hundreds. I mean, I can see that. If, I know exactly where um, to, to to put the car in, but I'm I'm you know most of the time I'm chasing. I mean, when I get chased, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's because uh, what's your normal dial for that dude? I usually, I mean, we try. We, we usually um, we're dialing in the six between six forty nine and six sixty, depending on the air and where okay. we're at. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. And I'm guessing, and I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm guessing. The drag coefficient on that body, as cool as it is, probably isn't doesn't help you much on that. Is that no, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, you know, it's definitely not aerodynamic. The, the neat thing about the car, though, is the way we've got it designed and, and the back wing, um, it, we get a lot of downforce down track, so it's pretty stable down track. I got you. Okay. Well, yeah. No, that's interesting. And can you see pretty yeah. well out of it? I mean, I I can't see out of anything. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can. I mean, I I can see pretty good, um, and it's not like I don't have anything blocking me when I'm in the either either lane for the tree. So that's all good. I can I can see out the sides. Um, I do have little two spot mirrors that I'll use okay. um, just to pick up on people um, that I got from uh, uh, one of these late model teams that we're using on the little team spot mirrors. So I'm with you. Everybody okay. Else? Everybody goes, why you got mirrors on that thing? They don't. A lot of people don't understand bracket racing. No, for you know, sure. We're going fast, but it's still bracket racing when you get to, once you qualify. Well, it is, and it's interesting to you know people who really aren't involved in the sport uh, too much. I mean, to say, well, I'm going 200 miles an hour and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, right? right. <laughs> that uh, that doesn't uh, probably catches a few people off guard that way. Um, did, so you um, you said you're sitting at the track right now. So you got a double at uh, VMP, is that right? Yep, double at VMP, and uh, you know we're we're kind of winding down. This has been a crazy season, but uh, I uh, the, the 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 one of the things I got to brag about is my uh, my sponsor, Kaiser Compressor, which is a, a German air compressor company, and they uh, basically build industrial compressed air systems. Okay. And, and they're big in uh, uh, diesel compressors for construction and blowers for wastewater treatment plants. And they're based in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Their U.S. operations are. And, and they're actually a German company. And I had the uh, pleasure to uh, go to Germany uh, last year, me and my wife, and 
tour their factory over there and 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 meet with Mr. Kayser, and, and that was a, a once in a lifetime experience. But uh, Frank Mueller, who's the president of uh, Kayser USA, and uh, he's a, he's a big supporter of ours. You know, help us put this program together, and then Michael Camber and Angela Kelly and those folks have all been. Uh, with us for a very long time. So what kind of stinks is this is our 25th year with them. And then we're in the middle of this freaking COVID thing. <laughs> so right. We've had to, I mean, we've had to juggle. I, I think we've published, I know at least uh, eight schedules this year because, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, it's um, this race is canceled and then we want to go to another race. But the good news is we're, we're racing. Uh, we are going to run, um, you know, 15, 16 races this year. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, we're doing well. Um, it's, I mean, we've had a, we've been on a good run with this, uh, this, this, op, this operation for a number of years. I mean, you're at the point now where a lot of people expect you to win every week and I'm like, Hey guys, it's, I've gone years, years ago where you don't win a single round. <laughs> and uh, now you get upset when we don't win the whole, whole event. You know, my brother, I was telling my brother today, the other day, I said, you know, we've kind of got spoiled. We've done so well. But it would have been a lot nicer this year if we could have had a solid schedule and could have got a lot more fans out. But I, um, it, it's been it's been interesting. I've had a lot of uh, uh, Facebook posts and folks asking us for hero cards and different things that we would send to send to people. And we did we we've had some fans at, at, at some of the tracks, but not not the level that we would, we would like to see. But uh, it's uh, I think a lot more people are watching it on the internet now. Yep. So, well, and but, this year has been tough for everybody, right? So, I mean, yeah. drag racing's not been spared that for sure. But uh, yeah, let's hope twenty twenty one is much much better. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I mean, I have to I have to give NHRA credit. I mean, they've they they they've made a, a valiant effort. I mean, they've done a hell of a job, really. I mean, considering the circumstances, I mean, we all can complain about something that's 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 racist in general you know uh, I, I don't, there's, there's never never a perfect track there's never a perfect event but uh i i think uh i mean considering what uh major league baseball did and and, and these other sports i think nhra's done, done a pretty good job this year yeah i couldn't agree more um and speaking of that i mean we've had some schedules you know uh moved around here a little bit but what um what do you have left on your schedule and, you know, um, talk a little bit about the rest of the season and then your goals, you know, this season and after that. So our, 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 um, we've got two, two double, the double here, Virginia, and then we will run a PDRA Galat down in Galat, North Carolina. And, uh, I shouldn't take a lot North Carolina, Dunn Benson, North Carolina, Galat Dragway. And then we'll run, we'll come back to Virginia and run the PDR race there. So we'll run the last two PDRA races. Okay. And then we'll be, we'll be done for the season. I mean, our goal, I mean, my goals, I mean, I've won the division championship. I'm, uh, you know, I've won, you know, three national events. That was a dream. I mean, to win back to back, uh, the summer nationals in English town, that was a, that was a dream come true. I tell everybody, you know, short of, watching your kids get born and, and, and walking my daughter down the aisle and, and these two grandkids that I got right now, uh, that, that, that was a big deal, you know, winning, winning those national events. So, um, you know, our goal right now is, you know, mathematically, I don't think, I think we're, we're not out. Um, it means to win the championship, for, you know, is to win the D one championship. And, and then my, my main goal right now is to win a world title. I mean, that's what we're, we want to do. Um, that's really the only mountain that we haven't conquered. Yep. Uh, in the in the sport, 
um, been close. You know, been in the top ten, I think, four or five times. Um, been as close as fourth uh, the other year. I led the led the points the whole year into the back half. Um, so I, um, you know, that's my goal. I mean, <laughs> so I said, what happens after you do that? I said, I don't know. You get to relax then. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. But right. I mean, this stuff. I mean, it, 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 it's it's. I I enjoy I enjoy two things about it. I enjoy the um, I enjoy the business side of it. I really do um, dealing with sponsors and, and stuff. I enjoy that, and then I enjoy I enjoy the mechanical side of it just as much as as it, I probably enjoy that more than the driving. I enjoy just you know tuning on. I mean, I literally do the the, the tuning on the the fuel injection stuff. Mm-hmm. Brother Jamie does the dial in. He does all the the the, the heavy lifting stuff. But uh, I, you know, I'm the guy that's behind the laptop tuning on that and just um, learning different things on these cars. And you know, you can you think you you think you got that thing figured out, and next thing you know, you tip over the edge and you're shaking the tires and you're you're struggling getting down the racetrack, and you're like, man, this thing stowed me for a loop. Then it becomes a challenge of, hey, how do I um, how do I set this thing up to get back to where I was or to go faster? And and I don't know about you, but I remember the days when you'd say, "Okay, I want to go 190." And then the next thing you know, oh, I want to go 200. <laughs> and then you, and then you'd sit around there and it'd be 199. And then, you know, oh, I hit 200, and you're like, "Man, I want to go 200 all the time. Let's go for 210." Right. <laughs> so then you, so then you, you're going 210, and then to sit here and tell you, I mean, if you'd asked me five years ago, will you ever go 220 in a race car in that race car? I would said, "No way. We never get it to go that fast." And and to say that I've gone six thirty two, two hundred twenty miles an hour, I I mean that's that's pretty damn good. Man, it's impressive. It <laughs> and I'm really not gonna go, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for two thirty in, in this car. I'll have to build a new one for to go that fast. <laughs> I believe that when I see it, Jeff. I mean, I'm, <laughs> the addiction's in all of us. <laughs> No, that's that's great stuff. I I, I appreciate you uh, walking us through that. Um, no, thanks for coming on. We wish you well. I, I the way I understand it, you're t- currently number nine in the world. So uh, have a great weekend this weekend and uh, go yep. get it right. Hi, right, buddy. I appreciate it. Take care. That was Jeff Brooks. If you need him. Today's half track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. But you knew that already, so let's just get right to it and talk uh, about the action that happened last week. And we're going to start in St. Louis, um, but really this was the finish of the Bowling Green event. You heard J.B. Strasweg talk earlier in the show about how the um, top dragster final um, came down to that, and uh, Mike Coughlin gets the win. That is his 15th. Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series Wally, so congrats to Mike on his top dragster win in St. Louis, but it was for the Bowling Green event. And then on the top sportsman side, uh, Jim Thorpe wins over Robert Irby. Um, They were even off the line, but uh, Jim Thorpe is dead seven for the win and for my money has one of the best-looking top sportsman cars in the country. I mean, that thing is just absolutely gorgeous. The paint scheme is super cool. Uh, So congrats to Jim Thorpe for winning the Bowling Green event in St. Louis. Um, But uh, continuing on, they had was that double divisional event there in St. Louis, the Division Three event there uh, starting on Thursday. Um, On the top dragster side, there were 33 cars, and the bump spot was a 638-4. 
Um, just amazing, really. Um, Joe Fisher was your number one qualifier. He goes 6'10 with a 1 at 230 miles an hour. Uh, he's got that very cool Chromeworks 19 dragster. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had, um, like you said, um, we had Joe getting the win or number one qualifier there. And then your winner was Ryan Koner. He um, he was an, actually an alternate um, when Chris Carrico couldn't make the call for round one. Uh, but Ryan Koner meets up with Joe Fisher in the final and Koner wins with a better light and gets his first Wally. So congrats to Ryan Koner. Um, I should also say that uh, you heard Jimmy Sokovich on earlier, JB, talking about him in the fact that he he just displayed a high, high level of sportsmanship. What he also did is display a high, high level of mile per hour because he qualified number ninth, uh, 612 with a one, but he goes 241 miles per hour there. So... Nicely done, Jimmy. Nicely done, Joe Fisher for the number one qualifier. And nicely done, Ryan Koner for the win in top dragster. Uh, on the top sportsman side, there were 34 cars. Great field always in St. Louis. Um, a lot of door car area, obviously. Your number one qualifier was Kynan Dinkle. He goes 624.7 at 225 miles an hour with his Vortex supercharged Cavalier. But your winner was Bad Eye Binniger over Rich Smith. And uh, they're even off the line, but Bad Eye is one above, which is enough for his second career win. And I've got to get Bad Eye Binniger on the show here. I mean, Bad Eye maybe is the best name I've ever heard. So I don't know who's in charge of that, but uh, I should definitely get him on the show. Um, congrats to Bad Eye for the win, and congrats to all those uh, guys in top sportsmen for putting on a heck of a show now the second leg of this event in st louis was just as good um, there was 35 cars in top dragster and they they moved that bump down to 634 amazing uh jeff liebla was your number one qualifier he goes 610 with a three at 232 miles an hour but your winner is al Peevler over rusty baxter um, and we we talked about this earlier with JB. I mean, uh, Al, you know, borrows that uh, that button and and gets it done, and so that moves him up the points ladder. Then, and so he is now sitting uh, number one in Division Three and number seven nationally. Um, on to Great Grand Bend, Kansas. Um, there were twenty seven cars in top dragster. Shonda Blinsler is your number one qualifier. She goes 614-1 at 229 miles per hour. But your winner was Brad Basgall over Yager Anderson. Yager goes red, uh, giving Brad his win there in Kansas. So congrats to Brad Basgall for the win in top dragster. On the top sportsman side, there were 20 cars. Alan Firestone gets the number one qualifying position. He goes 663 at 206. But your winner was Jeremiah Vandeveter over Matt Driscoll. Vandeveter is dead on three, his 676 dial for his first Wally. So congrats to Jeremiah Vandeveter for his win in top sportsman at uh, Grand Bend, Kansas. Now, um, also, we had more action. We had um, Division One competition in Maple Grove, Pennsylvania. There were 29 cars in top dragster. Your number one qualifier was Alan O'Brien. He goes 614 with a zero at 198 miles an hour. Um, but they did not quite get this thing done out there. There was rain, and they did not quite get it done. 
Um, and you heard him here earlier. Jeff Brooks was your number one qualifier on the top sportsman side. He goes 647.5 at 217 for the number one spot. So um, whenever we find out exactly where they'll finish it up, I'll get that to you. But uh, uh, they did not get that event finished in Maple Grove. Um, then we had a national event down in Florida. They finally got the Gators Nationals in. Um, so that was just tough, I think, from a sportsman side. I mean, there were so many changes to the schedule that it was hard for everybody to keep up. So there were only 14 cars on the top dragster side. Your number one qualifier was Steve Furr. He did not let up. He goes 6'10 with a 3 at 227 for the top spot. And your winner was Wayne Landry. Um, he goes, uh, Wayne Landry gets the win over George Ebell. Nicely done, Wayne Landry in the show they put down in Gainesville down there. On the top sportsman side, there were 13 cars, and your number one qualifier was Lester Johnson from Cynthiana, Kentucky. He goes 641 3 at 232 miles an hour. So you might have wondered why he wasn't the top qualifier in St. Louis in that Division Three event, and that's the reason. He went to Gainesville, grabbed some heat down there. But your winner uh, was Darian Bosch. Um, Actually, I should say Darian Bosch and Sandy Wilkins uh, would have met in the finals, but the rains came and washed out any hope we had of seeing that race. So um, they will reschedule that, I believe, and I'll get you that result when uh, when they do get that done. Next week, I'll bring you the results from the Division One double up at VMP and the national event in St. Louis where they are running top dragster. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one minute and on with us now. A guy who's been on the show previously, so welcome back. Uh, He was on episode number 23, so if you've not heard episode number three, stop, do that now. He is the owner and driver of one of the very few Dodges in Top Sportsman, uh, 23 Dodge Avenger, which is the just such a great name, uh, the Avenger. Um, he's also the director of the Midwest Top Sportsman Series. Welcome back to the show, Sean Brady. Sean, how are you, man? Doing really good, Rex. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, thanks for coming back on. I can only assume since uh, the last time you were on that you're an incredible big star and you know, being on the Fast Brackets podcast, you probably have to wear like costumes and stuff not to get accosted when you go out in public. Is that true? I do. When I went back to the track, it was autographs and autographs and autographs. Kids coming up, adults coming up, everyone coming up. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to do that to you, but, uh, you know, I mean, life is tough when you're very, very popular. It is. It is. Um, have you, how, uh, how have things gone for you this year? Obviously, 2020 has been kind of just a shakeup for all of us. How have you been personally? Um, we're doing good hanging with the family. Um, like we all are doing, just trying to get by day by day, keep 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 it going, you know, um, head to the grindstone. And luckily, I've been very busy, uh, both family and, and work. So is my wife. It really hasn't affected us too much, which is good. I know it's affected a lot of people out there, a lot of racers. Um, it's just one of those things, just keep plugging along, and every day is a new day. And just kind of keeping the morale up is, is the hard, or I wouldn't say the hardest thing, but that's the main thing, is keeping morale up. It's yeah. always uh Good yeah, and and given that that you know that um, everything just been shaken up, have you been able to get out and race much, uh, you know, on your own this much uh, personally? So personally, this will be the first year since I was 15 years old since 
how many years is that? 31 years now. I have not gone. I've gone to the track once. I haven't raced at all this year. Um, it just seemed like work really came about, and um, I just can't get my head in the game to get to the track and get the car out. Part of it is um, these tires and a few things for the car, which I could probably scrounge up. Um, I just kind of wrote the year off. Come June came along and, and things were getting canceled. I just figured, you know, we'll just sit back and, and concentrate on the Midwest Top Sportsman Series and keeping that going and making sure that's strong for the year and, and upcoming years. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us can relate to that um, just with the unknowing you know, uh, what's going to happen from week to week and how all this stuff goes. And, and, you know, that's a good thing with the race car is that, uh, you know, you can, you can put it away a little bit and, um, and get back to it, uh, when, when the time is right. So, so I certainly can relate to all that. I know a lot of our listeners can, um, but as a series director now, you've been dealing with, uh, you know, schedule changes and legal issues, I'm sure. And, you know, whether the fans can show up at the track and all that stuff. Talk a little bit about how this year has been for you as a series director of the Midwest top sportsman series. It's been challenging. Um, unfortunately, a lot of unknowns. So you're kind of going on a week by week basis. Um, so we had our schedule come out back in February before we went to the race and performance expo in Schaumburg had seven races on our schedule for the year, um, which is about where we're at. Usually we're between seven and eight, depending on where different dates fall, division races, national events, et cetera. Um, somehow it kind of worked out at the end. Um, we had a late season, so we actually didn't get going until uh, Memorial Day weekend at Cordova. Okay. So we kind of had our season already pushed. Usually we start the first week of May at Joliet when it's still snowing in Chicago. Um, <laughs> right. So we were excited this year. We're ahead the second week of June at Joliet, which is a late date for us. We'll, of course, you hope for better weather. Um, so we went to the Race and Performance Expo, had a lot of members sign up. We had our banquet that night, pulled on some new sponsors came in. Um, it was going great. And like everybody, just the brakes came to a halt. Yeah. And, um, you know, we worked with the tracks, and we're in the wonderful state of Illinois, which is very restricted, and you can't leave, you know, basically can't leave your house. It's At some point, it was like that during the, the early stages of this. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, our Cordova race was canceled because of COVID. Um, unfortunately, Dominic couldn't have fans and, and um, couldn't have spectators, couldn't have racers. We're really restricting all that. And then we thought we were going to be good for our Juliet race, and then that got pulled from us. Because, again, corporate America was looking at it. They don't want the risk. Right. And Juliet's always kind of been like that. Um, they're always on the side of caution. So we had our first two races canceled, and then we didn't start racing again until August. That was on our schedule. So it actually gave us that little break that we needed to kind of get beyond the humps of local and government rules that we had to follow as far as the tracks went, we went, et cetera. So we had a back-to-back in Byron in June, had incredible weather, um, except on Sunday, you know, the lovely rain came in late afternoon. We got um, basically canceled the race at that point after the third round. Um, but but the racers, everybody's morale's up. We're having good car counts again this year. I can't tell you how much support we get with Midwest Top Sports between our racers, our partners, marketing partners, the tracks, uh, BJ at Byron and Dominic at Cordova go over and beyond trying to keep us our program going they want us they communicate with us and that's the nice thing about working with i would call more family-owned tracks i mean there are they're, they're large tracks but when you're there you're talking to the owner and 
they want you and it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Well, and you kind of touched on it. I mean, you had a race at route 66, right. Um, and sounds like, yes. you know, that's not going to happen for 2021. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that track goes away entirely and, and there are going to be these, um, you know, just based that you're kind of Chicago land area, um, you know, centric, um, there's going to be some more opportunities for these midsize, um, very high quality tracks, but there aren't the super tracks like, you know, the uh, route 66 and, you know, some of these other places. I mean, does that feel right to you? Yeah. Kind of, you know what? And we like kind of getting back to our roots again, you know, um, route 66, you know, it, it's a phenomenal facility. You know, we love going there. We've gone there. I've been there since the opening. I actually worked on the track, uh, oh, wow. prior to opening. I was out there doing some soil testing. We did some stuff with the roundy round track as, as the company I worked for. So I was there from the get-go. Uh, they had some really good investors initially, and then kind of corporate America took it over. And um, unfortunately, we all know how corporate America works. Um, it's about the bottom line. Um, they are a very good track. The people work there are very good, but their hands are tied. You sure. know, I, as you saw, I got my letter this morning from um, from Route 66 saying that, you know, for the 2021 season, they will be closed. And I'm not sure about 2022. So it's a shame. It, re- it really is. It's a premier facility. Um, I, it, but it is what it is. You got to move on. Right. You know, and we don't necessarily want to, but you know what? We have options. And, and uh, Byron, Cordova, uh, so a few other tracks in the area are always contacting us. Um, they, they really enjoy the fast door slammers. The fans like it. Uh, they do see a fan increase when our cars are at the track. Uh, we, we promote you know, we promote as much as we can, uh, with, with what, what we have. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, uh, have an incredible membership. Um, this year, even the non-members have, have been showing up. We've got a good solid car count anywhere from 26, to 28 cars per event. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, with, 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 with the COVID going on and, and, and we're running into some issues with some of the members and some of the racers locally, they can't get parts. You know, they had engines being built back in March and everything came to a halt. <laughs> And then manufacturing came to a halt. So you're, you're up kind of against the wall. And yeah. we have one member waiting for valve springs. He's got a certain type of valve spring he needs, and he just can't get them. And he's like, who would ever have thought this? You know, valve springs <laughs> are six, eight weeks out. If right. you customize them, and here it's five months later. Yeah. And we have members with tires, and, and it goes on and on. Um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's just been a bizarre yeah, year that way. Yeah, just bizarre from that standpoint. Well, I, I would say that when you have 26, 28 cars at a, an event like you know, you guys have that, I, I'd call that a win almost. I mean, that's uh be just given the fact that this year has been so wild. Um, I'd, I'd say that that's evidence that the series is really, really strong. It is. It's our, this is our 12th year, um, as an association. And like I said, I can't say enough about the members, supporters. Um, it, I, every year we've grown, you know, so we've lost a few cars every year, you know, guys retire, they get out of it, but we pick new, new drivers and new cars up. And it looks like for 2021, We've already got three to four new cars coming in that have never raced with us before. That um, so it shows you the, the sport is still growing. It, it what's what's happened? It hasn't come to a stop. It's maybe got a little growing pain, kind of slowdown, but but guys are still got the itch. You know, it, it, it's not. Um, we don't see a lot of guys hanging it up because of uh, the current uh, yeah health crisis and, and and potentially financial issues that are out there. Yeah, that, that is great news. I'm I'm with you on that. I think that is. Uh to be highlighted and, you know, I mean, we're, we're all, we're always going to have that, uh, you know, that itch to go fast. Right, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. Tell yeah. us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your sponsors that you have, because I know, I mean, you just can't do these series without great sponsors. Yeah, so we have we've got some good partners that have been with us. Um, actually, most from the start, we do pick up a few every every year. You know, we're always trying to get new new uh, partners on board. Um, a few of them we have MW Marine. That's Chad uh, Perkle. Oh yeah, and you know Perkle from the division racing. Yep, he's one of our partners. Um, Wilmington, Wilmington overhead garage door, Ryan Bowen. He made his rookie debut this past weekend in St. Louis. Okay. In top sportsman. Um, you got a trends automotive. Uh, Alex Bozik has been a member since the beginning. He's our 2017, uh, division three champion. Mm-hmm. Um, we got custom Justin. He runs a shop down in the Ottawa area, a body shop. And he's just a really big car enthusiast and great, great supporter. Um, what else? We have Krabby's Bar and Grill, Bill Rotz. He was down in Division Three last week and also. He's got a yellow uh, Camaro. Okay. Pink's, a uh, couple more. Pink's Bus Service, uh, Eric Carlson and the family out by Cordova. We have Art Lowe uh, Floor Coverings. That's Rick Soka. He was down in St. Louis this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And then you have myself also. I also uh, sponsor the group in, in between bonus money and uh, uh, purse money and stuff like that. Now, that's impressive. I mean, it- you know, a lot of guys that are they're investing in themselves because they they like the series and they believe in it so much. That's uh, that's that's really impressive. Um, now, you have what is it? Uh, you have a big one coming up. Talk about uh, this this race coming up this weekend. So this coming up weekend, we're going to be at the 26th annual Byron Willie Stand Contest. And anybody that's ever seen drag racing, go on YouTube. They've seen the wheel steers at Byron. It is just an insane show. Um, We've been a part of the show for the last um, probably 12 years, I think, since the beginning. Um, so we'll be out there on Saturday and Sunday. It's 5000 to win, uh, 1000 runner-up, plus good round money coming up uh, for members. Non-members, it's 3500 to win. So it's a little less uh, if you're not a member, but it's still a great purse for a $150 entry fee. Wow. Um, we uh, will have two rounds of qualifying on Saturday and one round of eliminations, and we'll continue eliminations on Sunday. Now, the main show is on Sunday for the Wheel Stand Contest. And, I mean, we're, we're crazy nuts how fast we go. You know, I can do a 990, 60-foot time. I could never do one of these Wheel Stands. They are <laughs> right, crazy, dude. Right. They flip over. They're on the bumper. They're cartwheeling the car. And, oh, man. You know, you think they're done, and here they come around. They turn around, come backwards down the track, do it again. They go in the pits. They uh, they start welding, you know, fence, fence posts is uh Turnbuckles, eye learns, whatever it is, they got to fix. They get it ready for the next round. There's usually really good money up for grabs for that. And BJ and, and all the guys that participated put on a, a great year-end kind of – that's like the end of our season typically. It, it's a great year-end show. Yeah, usually the guy who wins it ends up flipping the car over, right? I mean, that's uh, – Oh, yeah, they've gone head over tail, tail over head, flipped it sideways, <laughs> hit the wall, they cartwheel. And one time they went over the wall, and, and the way BJ runs it um, – it's all safe. You know, they have ambulances. They have uh, Byron, fire paramedics. Everything's ready to go. Knock on wood, they've never had a problem. But somehow he gets that track cleaned up, and they go down again. And it's just um, – it's a sight to see. I mean, it's incredible to watch on YouTube, the videos. Uh, but to see it in person, it's just in awe that, that somebody can do this. They put concrete in the bumpers, and it's just – it's incredible. <laughs> Ingenuity. Uh, yeah, right. Well, so Sean, we're going to release the episode here Wednesday evening for for anybody who's within you know um, 
several hundred or a thousand miles and goes, hey, listen, I want to get to that thing. How do they get a hold of you to make sure they got a parking spot when they come in or just to ask you any more questions about the show that you're going to run Saturday and Sunday this weekend? Absolutely. They can get, um, we post a lot on Facebook. Um, usually we have up-to-date information on there. Uh, we have our website at MidwestTopSportsman.com. Um, or you look me up on Facebook, Sean Brady in Chicago or Prospect Heights and, um, send me a message and I'll give you all the information you need to know, or if you have any questions about the 21, 2021 season or, or anything at all. Um, you know, we're all racers and, and we're all family, uh, bound racers that, that like to have a good time and we're here to take care of each other. Yeah, that sounds like a great deal and, uh, certainly wish you guys well this weekend, uh, safe and fun and fast racing and and then just watch those lunatics flip their car over you know just you don't do it let somebody else do it that's actually trying to do it how about that absolutely i'm good at that (laughs) um real quickly what's your 2021 schedule look like have you released that yet or is that uh still to be finalized no typically our, our our season schedule comes out in february um and I think this year we're, we're probably going to be in the same boat February, March. We kind of got to see what the guidelines show. Yeah. Um, but we will be at Byron Cordova. We may try to do um, another track, perhaps St. Louis or Indy. It all depends on, on available dates. We've kind of lost a track at Joliet. Usually we have one to two, three races there a year. So we may scrounge around and, and kind of move it around a little bit. and We'll see how it goes. We'll see what kind of interest we get from outside the uh, northwest uh western part of illinois yeah no makes perfect sense uh sean thanks so much for coming on talking uh midwest top sportsman series with us uh always appreciate your time and um you know uh, wish you guys well this weekend with your great event at byron this weekend and um you know uh good luck to you guys this weekend thank you rex i appreciate it guys girls that was the great sean brady from the midwest top sportsman series as we hit the mile per hour cone presented by the blind machinist.com and go do that order a pen help dan parker make a few bucks and get yourself a super cool gift that is really maybe the best conversation starter anyone will have over the holiday season hey this pen was made by the fastest blind man on the planet um that's that's really good conversation stuff so you should definitely just go to the blind machinist.com and pick one up today but uh, with, let's talk about this. With all the madness that 2020 has thrown at us, it hasn't stopped this year from being what is going to be the most lucrative bracket racing year on record ever. Um, you know, bracket racing is where most of us got our start, um, and we're getting ready for the greatest run in bracket racing history in terms of absolute cash money that someone can reel in from turning on the final win light of the night. There are three events in the next four weeks that will pay out well over $3 million to the winners. First of all, the fall fling coming up. Uh, it is the 11th anniversary fling, um, and that is at Thunder Valley um, this this coming up weekend. Uh, September 28th, actually, people are there on the premises right now through October 3rd. Um, it features 30000 to win on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then the Friday event, the Spring Fling Million main event, will, the winner will walk away with a minimum of 250000 
and a potential for a million-dollar payday if the event entries top 475 cars. Um, and you have to pay at the gate, so I don't know what that will be, um, but there's a chance that it would pay a million dollars to the winner. Then, next weekend, you have the Great American Guaranteed Million, uh, the Great American Bracket Race Guaranteed Million. Um, that is the SDPC Race Shop Great American Guaranteed Million presented by Chevrolet Performance Parts. That is at Memphis International Raceway next weekend, October 6th through the 7th. And that event has sold out, pre-sold all 450 events or entries, I should say. So there is a huge trophy. There's a winner's jacket. There is a winning wrestling belt that Ric Flair himself would be proud to throw over his shoulder. And then, of course, there is the guaranteed million dollar in cash that the winner is going to take home. So that's not terrible. Um, And then to finalize that, um, there is the 25th annual million dollar race, October 20th through the 24th at Montgomery Raceway Park. Now that one needs 626 entries to pay the full million, but I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I would not put it past them. There's a chance and you got to go a lot of rounds, but um, you know, there is a chance to win a million dollars at Montgomery Raceway Park as well later this month. So never before has that amount of money been won in drag racing in less than a month, uh, let alone ever. I don't know that anybody's walked away, you know, with uh, that in in that shortest time frame, you know, and um, given the fact that all these races are fairly close to one another, you know, in terms of a timeline and geographically speaking, it makes it very tempting to take the month off and just go racing. You know, try to make yourself a millionaire over the next couple of weeks. Why not? I mean, just hit Bristol, just hit Memphis, and then Montgomery, Alabama, and tell the boss to kiss it because you'll be a millionaire when you get back. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other line. And, yep, let's do it. Let's use that Jeff Brooks override button and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 59. There it is. There's the wind light, and there is Gloria. Bam. Love it. Hey, we had another great week this week. We really did. Hey, we had no Roadster talk, so that's always good. Uh, we got you up to date with the uh, all of the interaction with the greatest news in drag racing. And then we spoke in depth with our guest. First of all, JB Strasweg, he's your Division Three standout, and he talked about just the greatness that is drag racing and helping each other that way. Jeff Brooks came on and talked about his sweet, sweet Henry J., and then Sean Brady from the Midwest Top Sportsman Series, uh, he came on and talked about their series with really cool stuff. So if you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know there are three ways to get at me. The first is to use the Facebook page Messenger. The second is you can put it in a bottle of vitamin D and send it to me, or you can use the email outlook.com. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
Wow. Three guests this week. So it's so very popular. And uh, I just thought JB telling the story would have been better than me trying to regurgitate it. And so, uh, yeah, but I just I felt like the need. We just had to get the, the, the correct uh, story on the record, sir. You got people clamoring to be on this show. You're like Johnny Carson in the Tonight Show. Um, we're, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. 